Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Oh, welcome. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. I'm a psychiatrist in private practice and faculty member at the University of Virginia. Each week, my guests and I talk about meaningful coincidences, synchronicity, and serendipity. We discuss synchronicity from its many perspectives, spiritually, practically, and statistically. And today, we may do some musically version of this idea. Why to increase your connection to coincidences so that you can benefit from coincidence awareness in your daily life? I have written a book also called Connecting with Coincidence. Put that phrase, Connecting with Coincidence, in your web browser to find my book, Psychology Today blog, website, and social media sites. If you want to know how sensitive you are to coincidences, go to my website to take the Weird Coincidence Survey. Connecting with coincidence, synchronicity, spoken here. Our guest today is Sky Nelson Isaacs. And I've asked Sky to come back because there remains a major question in synchronicity's theorizing about the relationship between physics and coincidences. And so we're going to get an elaboration on that from a guy who has an MS in physics from San, Fr San Francisco State, who has research in the field foundations of quantum mechanics, that mysterious small world that seems to be telling us more about our big world, and has resulted in physical and mathematical understanding of synchronicity based on a process he calls meaningful history selection. Sky is an advocate of using synchronicity to get into a state of flow to address personal and societal challenges. And he is publishing his first book in the spring of next year with North Atlantic Books titled Living in Flow, The Science of Synchronicity and How Your Choices Shape Your World. He is a lifelong musician, award-winning songwriter, and author. His writing and music can be found at his website, skynelson.com. Welcome to the show, Sky. Thank you, Dr. Brightman. Good to be here. Glad to have you back because uh, we want to be able to talk more about physics. And, of course, I like to get music involved because um, I'm uh, part of a collaboration team that has seven coincidence songs in an album that we have just created um, an album cover for and a website is in development because I think it's a good way 
to get the ideas out about coincidences, to put them in music. And it's not just put them in music as another venue. There's something about synchronicity and rhythm and, and melody that flows together and somewhere physics is involved with that also and so that's that's uh where you are you're at a great juxtaposition of those ideas uh i before we get into maybe a, a story you can tell us maybe you can uh start with uh the concept of collapsing the wave function which is a notion that's been around uh for a bunch of years now and has been applied in a lot of different ways to different things and also to the development of coincidences do you see do you see a connection between the collapse of the wave function and coincidences and if you do please explain for our audience what you think collapsing the wave function means all right, that's a, that's a perfectly le legitimate question that uh, a lot of folks have. And um, the, it, it's not so much that I see a connection, it's that the, the experience of coincidences is fundamentally dependent on, I think, the phenomenon of, uh, or, the, or the field of quantum mechanics, which is related, to, and part of that is the collapse of the wave function. So they're, they're integrally related. So the collapse of the wave function has to do with this idea of how do things change in time? And there's really two ways things change in time. If you picture, uh, let's say, a cup of coffee or tea sitting on your desk, and if you just left it alone, what would it do? It would start getting cooler. Right? And start getting yeah, cooler. Would, start getting cooler. It, it, that's right. It would start getting cooler. So it would, it would sit there on the table and it would start getting cooler. And then, um, so that's what we call... Uh, smooth evolution or unitary evolution. It just kind of does its thing following the laws of the normal laws of physics. Like Newton's first law, an object in motion will stay in motion or an object at rest will stay at rest. But in this case, if you then go to interact with the cup and pick it up, it will have, it will change its, its uh, trajectory or change its path. Um, and over time it will cool down. Now those things happen because of interactions that it's having. So when the cup interacts with other things like me or the environment by giving off heat, it goes into, um, it, it's what we say it breaks into a number of different possibilities. These are called the eigenstates, but, but the word doesn't matter. Uh, it, it breaks into multiple possible states. And this is not the same as that smooth unitary evolution. This is where it, it has, you know, when I go to pick it up, maybe I pick it up and bring it to my mouth, or maybe I grab it and then I, it slips out of my hand and I drop it. So there's now two different outcomes that are possible. And that's actually where the word quantum comes from, because quantum, quantized means two or three or four more specific possible outcomes, and I not anything meant, in between. I, I thought it meant small. It doesn't mean small, actually, no. Huh. Uh, you know, you, you could talk about the, when you go to catch the bus or the, the subway, the train schedule and the bus schedule is quantized. The buses aren't always sitting at the platform every single second whenever you get there they show up in periods of every 10 minutes or whatever it is yeah that's a quantized bus schedule so packets or 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 yeah or or, or eigenstates uh is a german derived term eigen and has something to do with being one yeah uh the the eigenstates of an operator i forget the exact word in german but i mean the meaning in german but it it, it has to do with specific single yeah. states that yeah. are allowed for that operator. Yeah. An operator and, is, some, is like 
picking up the cup would be an operator. Okay, okay. So it, there's discrete versus um, continuous yeah. states that we're now talking about. And eigenstates and quantum uh, refer to discrete states. Right. And so it's an unanswered question as to how, when the cup or the system goes into uh, a superposition of these eigenstates, in other words, all the eigenstates become possible when I go to grab it, and which one actually occurs is, called the the measurement problem, which has to do with collapse. Does the cups, the possible states collapse to the one where I grab it and bring it to my lips and drink, or does it collapse to the possibility where I grab it, but it slips out of my hand and drops on the floor? And just for our audience, the term superposition uh, is a confusing term, and it's uh, it, yeah. I know what it means finally now, um, and and it it means uh, the, a, a state in which all states are possible. Yeah, a visual that I have in my head is if you have a uh, one of those old transparencies that you used to get in lectures for yeah. college back, yeah. you know, before we had PowerPoint. I and they're still using they're still using them at MIT, incidentally. Are they? <laughs> yeah, just watching yeah, MIT. Actually... <laughs> I was just watching a video about an MIT physics lecture, and they were using those uh, projector things just as uh, as to illustrate something that uh, you were about to do. Yeah, I was just in Tucson, Arizona, for the Science of Consciousness conference. Oh yeah, uh, that get put get put put on every two years, and with Stuart Hameroff and Roger. Uh, Dave Chalmers, David Chalmers is a philosopher, and Stuart Hameroff is an anesthesiologist that have been working on consciousness-related science for a long time, and it's a great conference, and um, Roger Penrose was there, Sir Roger Penrose, the, the well, well-known physicist, and um, he, when he gave his talk, we had to pause for about six or seven minutes while they set up the technology, which was a, 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 a projector, like an old-school projector with a, a computer, um, sorry, a visual, a video camera trained at it to, so we could see it on the normal technology. Wow. <laughs> on the screen. <laughs> so yes, people using those old technologies and they can layer on multiple, multiple transparencies in yeah. order to get the effect of multiple possible things displayed at the same time. And that's, that's the point of what you're saying is the superposition, yeah. be multiple transparencies laid on top of each other, and then yeah. all, all but one is removed, and that's collapsing into the one possibility. That's right. And so in, the, in getting back to the idea of synchronicity, uh, in the many worlds view or hypothesis. Or in, the in, the many world, in the many world view means uh, multiple universe idea that you're talking about, that we don't live, we live in one universe of maybe a zillion others. Well, there's different, so I wouldn't agree with that, those words specifically, and I think the words become very important, that one of the reasons people have trouble with this idea is that it implies that there's multiple worlds and multiple versions of you floating around out there. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think that's what the theory says, and it, it creates sort of a barrier to people going, oh, that makes some sense. So what it really says is just what we talked about, that there are many possibilities all the time branching from where we're at, and these are not actual worlds necessarily. There's no reason to think that there's an actual physical version of me doing something else in a different world. Um, there are all these possibilities that we just described as the 
you, the the eigenstates of all the measurements because uh, that makes, makes that makes the most sense of anything I have heard, Sky. Mm -hmm. That that mm -hmm. is a that that is a great it, that's a great idea. It's a it's a superposition of universes. <laughs> right, and that's what the many worlds idea gets across. It it basically says we're not going to pretend like we know what collapse is. We don't. Nobody does, and we're going to pretend it doesn't really happen in the way that we're talking in the way that people talk about. We have, we, have say, about, well, it, we have we have about ten seconds left, so let's let's great. let's let's leave the many worlds idea to for our discussion next time because it's it's enough right now to have gotten the idea of many worlds as potential worlds, not as real worlds. You are listening to Wonderful. we are you are listening to connecting with coincidence with your host Bernie Beitman, MD, and that is me on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and our guest is Sky Nelson. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand worldwide and more does this sound like tomorrow's television well it is but you can have it today right now it is simul tv simul tv offers what the others only wish they could provide 15 exclusive channels like x-zone sci-fi and horror we are worldwide no other provider offers that 500 built-in video games no need to have an extra expensive system we have them included free video on demand live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. 
Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back to CC with BB, connecting with coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and that is me. We're talking to Sky Nelson, and we're getting out into the sky now, well beyond it, actually, with Sky, as we travel into the concept of many worlds or multiple universes. I want to make sure that many worlds and multiple universes mean the same thing to you, Sky. Uh, yes, both of them are bad names for a, a theory. <laughs> <laughs> equally bad names. <laughs> okay, equally bad names. Okay, I want to sure, be sure they're equally bad together and mean, trying, to mean, <laughs> trying to mean the same thing. Uh, and, and they are potential worlds that they don't actually exist, but they are right. potential. And that we make decisions, and this is what we're going to get to, we make decisions that... <clears throat> collapse all the possibilities if that's the right even word to use collapse anymore into the one that becomes what exists that's right and, and the really key element from my perspective is that that happens relative to you so that that collapse of all the possibilities into one possibility happens from your perspective so you experience one of those possible realities as a physical actually manifested reality Oh, I love this. This is like clarity that I hadn't had reading about all this before. Um, and that, That's great. Of, yeah, thank you. And and the the because I used to have to try to think, as you said, there are a bunch of different Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. That's me walking around in a lot of different planets someplace, and uh, yeah. it's really not that. It's that that there are lots of possibilities of me. And then when I act, uh, I create one that becomes what we experience as real. That is, that is really good. So let's, let's do, let's do the, let's do the story, um, about you and your dream job. Yeah. So th this is all about the timing of circumstances, yes. Which, yes. which can yes. indicate that this is a synchronicity. Yes. So, I had been a musician for a couple of years, uh, playing bars and anyone who's out there, who's a musician of your listeners will know that that's kind of a, um, it can be rough, rough business oh, yeah. find gigs and play yeah. for, play for people in bars and, and clubs where they're not really listening. And, and my music in particular has, has always been about the message and the lyrics that is kind of, it's a positive message. And so I've, I've found people who do that kind of that music. And uh, it didn't really go well in the bars, let's just say. <laughs> and because uh, nobody was really interested in hearing that stuff when they're when they're out to party. So I was thinking about finding a community that was more amenable to my music. And I had heard about the Center for Spiritual Living, uh, which is a community around the country. But there's one in Santa Rosa where I was living at the time. And I had thought about going there for a little while. And finally, on New Year's Eve uh, of 2009. Santa Rosa, California. Santa Rosa, California. I want to locate you in space for those in yeah. different places. Okay, yeah, Northern continue. California. And uh, I committed to going to the center. You know, a, a bunch of times. I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this happen. 
So I went on a Sunday to have a Sunday morning, what they call celebration service, where there's a message and there's music in every service that's written by people who write positive music, uplifting music. And I went to introduce myself to the music director and she was flat out not interested in what I had to offer. <laughs> and uh, I went I went home and was a little bit uh, discouraged, but this is, this is a commitment, right? So I'm going to go back the next week. And I, I go back the next week and introduce myself again, just kind of hang out around the band. And it's clear that they have a lot of volunteers in that community who play music and they just didn't need my services. So I was committed and I kept going back four weeks in a row. And on the fifth week in the morning, I was just frustrated. I didn't want to go. I, you know, I want to spend my Sunday at home because it's not going to lead to anything, right? There's this voice in my head that says it's not going to lead anywhere. Why would I waste my time? But there's a part of me that felt like through this theory that we're talking about today, that I had built some momentum at that point. And even though I couldn't see any progress for myself, I had moved along what I'm going to say, moved along this tree of possibilities up into the branches somewhere of that tree and was closer to the outcome I wanted, which was to have some involvement at the center playing music. I mean, I I, feel like I was closer. Yeah. And let me ask a question about that, because I like to emphasize uh, our need, each of our need to be able to tune into our own intuitive voices. And you had a voice saying, don't keep doing it. And what, because uh, it's not going to go anywhere. But you had something else, a different part of your mind, a little more rational, perhaps, or maybe a little bit more something abstract um, that said, no, you've built some momentum here. So keep that momentum going. Uh, the, 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 these multiple voices we have inside ourselves, <clears throat> we are all learning to be able to discriminate which ones to pay attention to and which ones not to. And I just want to know how you decided to listen to the one, not the other. That's a great question. That's certainly true for me. Uh, I associate some of those voices with feelings that I'm having and some of them with maybe the prefrontal cortex, the rational ability to choose one thing, even though it doesn't feel right, feel good. You know, um, the feeling of wanting to give up is pretty familiar for me in my life. I yeah. get discouraged and I'm like, I'm just, this isn't working. But there's a feeling under that that is very, you know, buried with lots of stuff like, um, you know, I'm never going to make my dream come true and I'm not good enough and people aren't going to like me anyway. Or, you know, all, there can be lots of, for me, lots of, old psychological dialogue there that just has to do with my upbringing and and it has to do with being human i think anybody who listened to what you just said yeah. is going to say that's me too uh, <laughs> right exactly and i have that all the time and I, i've had to learn how to um recognize okay so so that that's what a part of me is saying and that's a feeling i'm having but there's also a part of me that is able to look a little more objectively and understand that maybe that's not how other people actually feel about me, or maybe that's not what actually is happening. So yeah. how do I touch into what I want to create here and believe maybe a different story just long enough to be able to do something different Yeah. in this case to keep going and keep trying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's a, there's an active kind of overriding the, yeah. Yeah. The, the emotional self-talk and just go, yeah. continuing on a path that I've chosen. Uh -huh. And so I went that last week, that fifth week, and once again, the music director didn't give me the time of day. And I was, you know, I, I, just as you would expect, I was very frustrated and like, this was just not worth it. And I get home 
And on my voicemail, there's a call waiting for me, a voicemail. And uh, a woman named Reverend Mary has called me who is involved with the same community, the Center for Spiritual Living, but not that one. So she had no knowledge of me going to that one for four five weeks in a row. And she had called me because she was looking for, she's starting a new center of her own and was looking for a music director, like to actually run the show and had gone to the local music store where my friend who's a bassist in a rock band. And I know him from my, my bar gigs uh, suggested that she call me because he knew that I was kind of spiritually inclined and might be interested. So she called me and you know, it was, it was a match made in heaven. I, I was immediately like, that's what I want to do. <laughs> you know, out of the blue comes this opportunity to not only be involved with music, but be running the music and every week be coming up with new music and an integral part of each service. That is a good story. And for our listeners and for me, um, the f- key element of this is momentum and a tree going up a tree with more branches and more possibilities uh, that that uh, that we are creating something by our intentions, but not just our intentions by our acting upon our intentions. We're making something happen. We're creating what you called some momentum. Try to describe how you visualize that as as you described it. The visual that I have is an apple tree. So yeah. we're always standing at the base of this tree, and the tree is our life. It's it's always expanding up and ahead of us, above us, in all the branching possibilities. And some of those possibilities might have involved me going to the Center for Spiritual Living and not getting any uh, connection to, to being part of the music team. It, some of them could have involved me actually being on the music team at the one I tried to get to. Some of them could involve me giving up and not going to the center and having nothing emerge in that way. And these are all different branches of that tree that continue to unfold and continue to branch all the time with more and more branches inside of each one of them. And you're talking now, about, about superposition in the old way we were talking about it, the creating possibility. Yeah. There, these are potentials or possibilities. There's something uh, more dynamic than just kind of straightforward at a moment. That dynamic thing is you're making more possibilities happen by continuing to, to go ahead with your intention. Right. And so these, these branches are not um, – they're not – they're not fixed in a sense that there's really an infinite number of possibilities. So these branches, there's an infinite number of branches and we're not actually creating those branches. They're already already there. They're already there, but what are mathematical probabilities? But we're increasing the probability of certain branches happening. That's what we're talking about here by your intentions. And that's what you're talking is an infinite number, but we are sharpening the potential, the probability by continuing to forge ahead the way you just did. We have about a minute left. That's right. So when I take an action in the world, like going to the Center for Spiritual Living again and again, I create, I put apples on certain branches and other branches don't. And so the ones that have apples, those align with my action. Those are going to become more likely and I'm shifting the probability or the weight onto those particular sharpened branches. 
Oh, that's good. I, uh, the, the apples and probability go together. We create the apples as a representation of the probability of that particular branch being one that becomes uh, the one that is happening. So we're coming to the end of this segment, and we're going to take a bite of an apple in the next one. You're listening to <laughs> you're listening to connecting with coincidence with your host Bernie Beitman, MD, on the X Zone Broadcast Network, and our guest is Sky Nelson, mathematician, musician, and synchronicity theorist. broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. The scientist and the mystic have been on an age-old, relentless search with one thing in common. They seek truth. Their paths converge in the 40,000-year-old practice of shamanism, an ancient science delving to the quantum level of life, facilitating healing, manifestation, and evolution. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, the founder and director of Path Home Shamanic Arts School, a unique Colorado State-certified occupational school, training shamanic practitioners and teachers. We also provide classes for empowering personal lives through shamanism. Our certification classes are in week-long segments, enabling international participation, and online classes and long-distance shamanic healing sessions are available. Come discover the science of magic in the limitless world of shamanism. www.findyourpathhome.com Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. 
Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. Our guest is Sky Nelson, author of the forthcoming book, Living in Flow, The Science of Synchronicity and How Your Choices Shape Your World. We've just been talking about that, Sky. Um, would you tell us what you mean by meaningful history selection? Yeah, so we've, we've got this apple in uh, this tree, apple tree image in our head. And when we're moving through life, we're moving up a tree and every choice we make is a branch of that tree. And some of the branches have apples, which reflect that they align with the choices we've just made. So if I go to the Center for Spiritual Living, that puts apples out on the top of the branches of the tree. And those, those, those are representing the outcomes of the branches where I end up having some intended outcome, like being part of the music team at the center. And if I do that once, I, I'm likely to move towards an area of the tree that has a lot of apples because they represent a weight on the tree. And so I move in that direction. And then if I go again to the Center for Spiritual Living and take another action in that same direction with the same intention, uh, I will create more apples in similar places and head towards those and get closer and closer to an apple. And so I increase the probability of getting an apple if I continue to take the same types of meaningful actions over time. And that's like what I call building momentum because you're actually increasing your probability of having one of those spontaneous events occur. 
And the spontaneous event was when Reverend Mary called me out of the blue to offer me a position as a music director at a different center. Uh, that re- so that, that's ve- that's very similar to my experience with coincidence songs because I I had this idea of creating songs out of the stories in my book connecting with coincidences and it seemed like a silly idea and that's why I liked it uh, and I had this idea and I talked to one person and she gave me some ideas she she said you want me to sing your you want you want me to sing the stories in your book I said yeah and she's a great singer but didn't work out with her but uh, I kept pushing the idea, met a guy, listened to a guy who was a wonderful musician uh, here in town, and uh, he mentioned synchronicity uh, in the intermission between, uh, in, in one of his concerts. So I contacted him and said, you want to do some coincidence songs? You know, we started a little bit. I thought we were like uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein doing the first two lines of one of my stories. He couldn't do it because mm-hmm. he was busy doing something else. And then somebody comes into town from uh, San Francisco and starts uh, asking really almost really imploring me that to let him do the songs for my my coincidence book and uh, so now we got a cd coming out with francesco and me and it it, would, it looks like some of the same thing that you're describing i kept doing it making actions taking opportunities that created a more more apples more probabilities and now um we got gonna have a website and i got a cd and the songs are out it's pretty amazing that's great. Congratulations. Thanks. And, that's, and that's exactly the process that you asked about that word, meaningful history selection. What's going on is that you're, you're, you're putting the apples on the branches of the tree way far away from you. And then it's uh, because those are all just possibilities, you are essentially selecting the ones that align with the meaning of what you've done. And what does that mean? You're not necessarily controlling that, but that's the, that's the impact of what you of the process when you what do you mean selecting uh ones that are consistent with what you're doing or I, i'm not saying it right. well when you place the apples on the tree it it makes some of those branches more heavy more likely and that effectively selects those branches oh i see it, i see it, it chooses them out of the possibilities yeah uh, so by the this big... process you end up choosing the ones that are more meaningful uh-huh. So one of the, the one of the biggest ones was talking to this woman at the coffee shop who was a great singer about doing the book um, and the enjoyable doing the doing the songs. I mean, and one of the most enjoyable parts of that is the first song Francesco and I did was in that same coffee shop where she was working. And when I was telling Francesco about her, and at the moment I was telling Francesco about her, she appeared from the kitchen and I introduced her to him. And it, it uh-huh. just one of those flow things that maybe adds apples, increases probabilities. When coincidences like that happen, I think that helps with that apple formation. I think that create, increases the probability of the outcome, uh, taking, outcome happening that I'm looking for. Yeah, I, I think it does. One of the pieces of the puzzle that seems to be falling into place for me um, that I presented at the conference, uh, Science of Consciousness, last week was that this idea in philosophy of qualia, I'm not sure how many of your listeners are familiar with that term, but qualia... It is 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 worth repeating. Yeah, qualia is a description of the qualitative experience that all of us have in life. 
And the, the, the proposal from a lot of folks is that qualia are fundamental experiences. You can't break them down into physics any further than that. So, for instance, the taste of eating a cherry is a qualia. And you can't describe, I couldn't describe to you what eating a cherry is like if you've never eaten a cherry yourself. I mean, I could compare it. I could say it's, it's kind of like, imagine eating a plum and eating a grape at the same time. And you might say, oh, I can kind of picture that. But until you actually have the experience of eating a cherry, there's no way you can comprehend what that's like for me. Right. So you have to experience something in order to be able to understand the experience of it. Yes. So the idea is then that experience is really the fundamental thing in life. We're all experiencing things constantly, and we have shared experiences, and we can com- convey each other's experiences to each other because we've had similar experiences. And what I think is going on with synchronicity is a way in which our body is anticipating certain experiences, even if we're not consciously doing it, you're anticipating um, the experience of writing songs with this gentleman, Francesco, and you are, that's an experience you're looking forward to having. And you're also remembering the experience of working with this other lady who's working at the restaurant. And these interact in such a way that when you anticipate the, the experience, it populates the branches of the tree that align with that experience or that have that experience. Oh, and those are the ones that get the apples and become more likely. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm glad we're doing this because uh, last time I talked with you, it was not as clear as this. Uh, uh, parenthetically about the, the the science of consciousness seminar, I mean a conference. What did you talk about there? I my title talk title was meaningful history selection and equation for synchronicity. Ah, I'm at the point with my research where I I can write down the the predictive likelihood or probability of meaningful coincidences based on a a model derived uh, strictly from quantum mechanics and physics. And the hope is that that becomes something we can really use to model and understand why synchronicities happen with this branching apple tree model. So you can estimate the probability of a coincidence? Yeah, essentially. I mean, to do that, you'd have to plug in a lot of information about a specific coincidence. The difficulty with coincidences is that they're usually really varied in in their circumstances. But what I gave gave in this talk is a a model using a typical electron experiment, like something you could do in a lab that people are doing all the time, using procedures that people are doing all the time to model the case of a synchronicity in the world and show that you, you do get um, meaningful outcomes, I'm using that term in quotes, meaningful outcomes in the, on the electrons, you get an increased likelihood of them going one way versus a different way through the experiment um, based on the intention that you have, essentially. And I'm being loose with my terms without actually having a diagram in front of me, but I, I, based on a... the intention. Well, let, let's let's talk about your, um, your musical um, uh, leadership coincidence. Uh, how do you calculate the odds on that one? Yeah, that's a great question. So I haven't gone into huge detail, but you, you can think about it this way. Um, this is just one way to think about it. If you, the, the key there was the timing because I have never before or since been offered a job by just a phone call out of the blue. Uh-huh. 
Um, I, I wish I had, but that's the only time I can think of that I've been actually just sitting at home and get a call from somebody who wants to offer me a job. But not only that, this job was in the field that I had been just trying to be involved with for the last yeah. five weeks. Yeah. And the timing was that, I mean, that woman could have called me any time in the previous, let's say, just keep it simple and say I'd been looking for a year. And I hadn't really been looking for a year. I'd been thinking about it for maybe a year, but I hadn't told anybody. And so that's 52 weeks, or let's just say 50 weeks. And five of those weeks, I had actually been going to the Center for Spiritual Living. So the likelihood that she calls me on that particular week, let's just call it one out of 10, five out of 50. So there's a 10% chance that she'd call me that week versus the week before or the week after. And I think that's a pretty, pretty generous against my case, a pretty generous uh, argument. The, you know, you could call it two years and then you've got a much longer period of time that she could have called within. And the fact that she called the same day that I went back to the center is even places it on that Sunday versus any time in the week. So it's the likelihood of when she actually called that makes it a, a special case, a synchronicity. Uh, and if you remember, I had been almost giving up. I, mean, I was really like, I don't want to go back today, but I'm going to keep my momentum building. And I think that's, for me, it's a lesson in how to recognize the building of momentum in life and how to just go a little bit farther than I feel like I can. And at that point, often a synchronicity will emerge. Okay, well, we, we've come to the end of this segment. Uh, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest is Sky Nelson, talking about probabilities and coincidences. We'll be back. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. 
For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Welcome back to CC with BB and our guest Sky Nelson putting together physics and synchronicity and one of these days some music too. Sky, one of the one of the things that you are talking about is how to use synchronicity to get into a state of flow to address daily personal and also societal challenges. Tell us about that, please. Yes, my experience is that when we, when I start paying attention to the coincidences that show up in my life and seeing them as meaningful in some way, um, to different degrees, every experience might have a different degree of meaningfulness or, or not be meaningful. But when I can start seeing that, I can um, get into that state that Mihai Csikszentmihalyi wrote about in his seminal book called Flow. Yeah, as He describes flow as uh, optimal experience getting into a state of, of mind or a state of being where we are optimally engaged with life. So like if you're a tennis player, you're not really thinking about where to place your tennis racket. You're just in a state of uh, back and forth dancing with the racket. And he talks about, uh, he, he has a really great description of flow in terms of control. And he says that, uh, I've got it right here. He talks about um, people in that state have, feel like they have a, a high sense of control, except it's not really that they have extra control. It's that they have a, a sense of not being worried about losing control. So flow is a state in which we're relating to our surroundings so deftly that we're not worried about controlling it, and we're also not just surrendering control. And I think when we get into relationship with the synchronicities or coincidences in our lives, we get into that state. It's like a dance with the, with the cosmos. Well, uh, there's a chicken and egg kind of question here. Um, I've yeah. got, I got a friend that says she gets into states of flow uh, when she sees lots of coincidences. They are indicators her, of her being in flow. And what you're saying, and I agree with you, um, is that by paying more attention to, to coincidences, you can get more easily into a state of flow. I think it goes both ways. 
Yeah. I think depending on where you're at, you can, if you're feeling like you're out of the flow, some of the things that can be done to get back in the flow involve paying attention to what synchronicities have showed up in my life that I'm kind of ignoring right now. And I described this process that I call the Lorax process <laughs> and uh, Lorax L O R A X. And it stands for first listen. This is an important thing to be able to listen to our, not just people, not just with our ears, but with our life. Think about our life right now. And what are some of the things that have happened that I need to listen to? And then I'm going to open because often when I, um, when I notice something that somebody might've said, I might not be open-minded to it. I might sort of shut it down right away. Uh, so I need to open as well to the information and then, so maybe my boss suggests a new way of doing a project at work. Well, first I listen, I notice that he said that, or she said that, and then I open my mind to, well, maybe I need to give that some thought and, and not just poo-poo it and, you know, be upset at my boss for getting involved with my work or whatever it might be. And then the, the R step is really two steps. It's um, reflect. So reflect on how does this information serve me? How could it serve my deeper goals? And then there's also a part about releasing and uh, letting go of any attachment I might have to how things should go. And once I've done those four steps, I can then act. That's the, the last active step of the Lorax process. And by doing that, I've now got both this, this receptive part where I've listened to the environment and I've got this action part where I'm taking a step. And then the X involves just repeating the cycle over and over again. Ah. And how do you think uh, this mindset you're describing, this Lorax, could be uh, applied in the greater world as in business and in organizations? It feels to me like one of the things that happens in not only in organizations in our country and around the world, but also in our relationships with each other is a sense of not having all of these steps in place. Often, you know, we're really good in the Western world at acting, you know, doing something. Let's be decisive. And we expect our political leaders to have a plan, know what to do. And we expect uh, our, our CEOs to have a plan and know what to do. And we're not so good at balancing the receptivity part and being able to listen to other people and, and even notice circumstances, how circumstances might be shifting that we can adapt, um, that we must, might need to adapt to. So um, the, a book written by Patterson and a number of other folks called Crucial Conversations talks about um, the shared pool of meaning, everyone being able to contribute openly to a shared pool of meaning without feeling fear of being judged or criticized. So, you know, if I'm in a meeting with a bunch of people and we're talking about how to market our new product, and there's a part of me that feels like the, the plan we have is actually goes against my values, for instance, in terms of the environment, environmental standards. How likely is it that I'm going to feel comfortable to step up and say, you know, we need to think a little bit more about what kind of packaging we're using or how we're going to distribute this across the world and the impact that's going to have. And I think it can be hard to do that when we're um, in our current model where we don't really listen and, and pay attention to others' unexpected circumstances all that well. Fundamentally, I think you're saying um, with Lorax is to, is to listen and be open and reflect on what the other person is saying before you act. And those, yeah, and, yeah, those are how does that fit in with synchronicity? Right, because what synchronicity or the theory that 
of meaningful history selection tells me underneath all that is that if I do listen, I will notice things that are leading somewhere on that branching tree of possibilities. Synchronicity or, or the process here of meaningful history selection is providing um, essentially guidance or direction on that tree that we can't necessarily see unless we pay attention. So there's, a, there's an underlying structure to the world that's actually bringing meaningful circumstances, and we miss them if we don't pay attention to each other's comments or suggestions. And what were, for your, again, back to the music leadership role that you took, what were you listening to that you hadn't told us about um, that uh, allowed you to act in the way you were acting? Well, uh, you know, I followed my own internal yeah. listening at that, at that time to go and go to the center five times in a row. Yeah. And the fifth time, you know, in that, in that sense, that's, that's a level of, in some sense, creating a situation out of nothing believing yeah. that, that this can happen and being yeah. willing to keep going. And then when, when the, I got the call on that Sunday from this other woman, I mean, imagine if I had said, well, I don't know you and I, I don't know your center and it's a small center and that wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be part of this really big center. You know, I might have an, an automatic, like, this isn't what I was asking for or looking for mm -hmm. and I wouldn't be open to it. So by being open to this, to the information that this other woman calls me, it gives me the ability to get into that flow cycle, that flow process, okay. and and have something show up that really works out for me well. Um, Often things show up that are unexpected or look different than we expect, right? Right, and those are the ones that des deserve some of your uh, being listening and being open and reflecting. Uh, these strange things that happen uh, that allow us then to be able to increase probabilities in the direction we want. There's so much in what you're saying that uh, talks about individual responsibility for what happens to us. Absolutely, uh, you know that's the approach I take, and it doesn't mean that all synchronicities or all flow the way people define it necessarily have to be proactive like that. But I think that we live in a time when there's so much power at our fingertips with information on the internet and uh, we can travel anywhere we want to go. I think it's really a time that's calling us to be more authentic in life and step up to who we want to be in the world and take proactive steps towards fulfilling our dreams. If that's, if that's the way you want to put it, or simply just staying in the current job or position that we're in, but showing up more authentically and voicing our our views more I, I, courageously. I really love the, this uh, idea. We have about two minutes left, Sky. I love this idea that because we are individually more powerful as a result of our technology, uh, that we have more potential, of course, than we've ever had as individual humans, that we need to then become more authentic in response to that. Now, I, that's, a, that's a beautifully crafted concept. Just comment on that a little bit more about how those two come together, increased technological power and the need to become more authentic. Well, I think people are really struggling with how do we solve some of these massive global problems like climate change is one that I care a lot about. And we struggle with the feeling that it's impossible. There's no way we could do it. And nothing I do could make a difference. And in fact, I have to go to work and get in the car and drive to work. And so I'm actually making the problem worse every day. And there's nothing I'm doing to make it better. And what 
we can rely on synchronicity for is the idea that when we start shifting the momentum in a different direction by living our own lives authentically and showing up and speaking out about things that we see that are not good even in our daily life, like there's a lot of plastic being used at the restaurant and I, I decide to not use that plastic. I ask them to get me a different cardboard box or you know, stepping up just in our small ways and being authentically honest about issues in the world. I think that shift in momentum can actually shift the bigger picture because then synchronicities come along to shift the, the entire picture in a different direction. So you're implying that uh, authenticity increases synchronicity. It increases the synchronicities that align with our, our, our best good. <laughs> okay. Well, we've... Everything, everything increases synchronicity, but not necessarily in the direction we want to go. Well, we've come to the end of our show, Sky. Uh, Sky, we've... This is the, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Bernie Beitman, MD, on the broadcast, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And our guest has been Sky Nelson, author of the forthcoming book, Living in Flow, The Science of Synchronicity and How Your Choices Shape Your World. Thank you, Sky. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. 
Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.